your Bibles this evening, I'd love for you to join me. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10. We're going to finish up what I began this morning in this section. We said there were two parts uh, to this. Part 1 and part 2 or two points. Point 1 and point 2. And uh, just if we could uh, this, uh, uh, this evening, I think we got it on the notes. Can we recap? We said first of all, Paul in dealing with this issue of using our Christian liberty, he said first and foremost that there are some principles that we need to be using the principles of our Christian liberty and we said there were three of them he said when it comes to glorifying God with our life the first principle that we need to follow is edification over gratification edification over gratification we talked about that this uh, morning if you didn't get that let me encourage you to go back and uh, watch online and and see all about that uh, number two the second thing we said was that Paul says that we need to have liberty over legalism liberty over legalism uh, then there's a lot of legalism going on today and and it's so vitally important that uh, we have the liberty in Jesus Christ and we talked about that and then the third thing we talked about there in verses 28 through 30 we said conscience or conscious over uh, condemnation consider the conscience of the other individual the weaker brother and sister Paul says think about that weaker brother and sister and let that weaker brother and sister grow up in Jesus Christ don't condemn them love them help them encourage them these are the principles for using our Christian liberty then Paul goes to the second point let's look in the Bible and let's look at this passage of scripture first and foremost and then I'll give it to you notice what the Bible says in verse number 31 of chapter 10 you may remain seated tonight as we finish this message he says whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do do all to the glory of God give none offense neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God, even as I please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. So the second point that I want to give you tonight to wrap up this uh, message, to wrap up this section, and praise God, this wraps up the section on Christian liberty, and we'll go on to something uh, new next week. But what he says here, number two, is the purpose of our Christian liberty. These verses, verse 31 all the way to chapter 4, in verse number 1, give us the purpose of our Christian liberty. What is that purpose? Why do we do what we do in regards to Christian liberty? Well, like in the previous point, Paul gives us three purposes for our Christian liberty. Right there it is. There are three purposes for our Christian liberty. Let me give those to you this evening, and I hope that it will be an encouragement to you, and may we leave this place changed. Number one, the first one is this, to glorify God. The very first purpose of our Christian liberty, Paul says, in wrapping this whole thing up is to glorify God, not only with our language, but also with our life. Our life and our lifestyle ought to glorify God. Remember the key verse here. The key verse in this passage of Scripture is verse 31, where he says, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Whatever you do, he says, ask yourself the question, is this going to bring glory to God? If the answer to that question is no, 
then don't exercise your Christian liberty. Then limit it. Hold off on it. Because he's encouraging us that everything that we do should bring God's God glory. We should glorify God. The determining factor as to whether or not our, I partake of, our, of a liberty or do anything, whatever it is, is whether or not it will bring glory to God. Now, I want to try to bring this thing all together if I could. So let's follow up with what Paul said in chapter 6. Go back uh, just a couple of chapters to chapter number 6. And let me show you again. Remember, he's used this language before. Look in chapter 6 in verse number 20. Chapter 6, verse 20. Look at what he says there. He says, For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Whatever you do, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. I'm going to ask you a question here tonight. Why are you here this evening? Are you here to glorify the Lord? Man, that's why we ought to be here. We ought to be here to glorify the Lord. This isn't about me. We're not building some little uh, kingdom right here in Maysville. No, no, that's not what we're doing. We live in heaven. We're residents of heaven. But while we're here on this side, our lives, our function, everything that we do is to bring glory to God. Jesus tells us that glory is brought to God by the Christian when we bear fruit. Remember what Jesus said in John chapter 15 in verses 5 through 10. It's a matter of fact, it would behoove us to check that out. Let's go over to that passage of Scripture together. Let's move over to John chapter number 15. In John chapter number 15, beginning in verse number 5, Jesus is speaking here and he says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withering. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done for unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment. Here it is. That ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends. If ye do whatsoever I command you, henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what the Lord doeth. But I've called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. And what's the greatest commandment of all? The commandment to love one another, to love each other. And so he says here in this passage of Scripture, as we glorify God, we love each other. There's unity among the brethren. 
Uh, there's bearing of much fruit, as Jesus said. So in regards to our life glorifying God, when we glorify God with our lives, as we've already talked about earlier today, then there's this love that comes out of us, the love that, of Jesus Christ. And this love that comes out will produce fruit. That fruit will be lost souls come to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and Lord. I know I've doted over him all day, but I can't tell you how proud I am of Ryan Brooks winning his uh, employee to Jesus Christ. It's being sensitive enough to hear that need, being sensitive enough to listen to the call of the Holy Spirit, being sensitive enough to, enough to know that that individual's primary problem was not physical. It wasn't monetary. His primary problem was spiritual. He needed Jesus Christ as his personal Savior and Lord. And thanks be unto God that this individual felt the, uh, the, 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 the comfort to come to his boss. And thanks be unto God they didn't shove off it. And that thanks be unto God that he shared the gospel with him. And today we celebrated that through this precious baptism. I thank God that we are bearing fruit here at Maysville Baptist Church. It's one thing when the preacher leads somebody to Jesus. It's one thing when the, when the staff leads somebody to Jesus. But when the congregation starts leading people to Jesus, they've got it. They're ready to reach one more for the gospel of Jesus Christ and bring them here that they might be baptized. And I, I'll be honest with you. You win them to Jesus. Bless God, I'll let you baptize them. Just so I'll be, go right ahead. Help yourself. So one who does not abide uh, by the authority of God uh, brings God no glory. To bring glory to God is to cause others to speak well of the Lord through our fruits. Dear friend, when you look at the fruits that your life bear, does your life glorify God? Are you bearing much fruit? Number two, here's the second purpose of our Christian liberty. To grow in our godliness, to grow in our godliness. Look at what the Bible says in verse 32 of our primary text. Back in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, he says this, Give none offense, neither to the Jew, nor to the Gentile, nor to the church of God. Now, here, here's what I want to say parenthetically, if I could, just a minute. Paul is not saying that you've got to be politically correct. You talk about the most decisive thing on the planet, that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about it is offensive. When you share the gospel of Jesus Christ with someone, they get mad. They call you a holy roller. They think that you're some kind of spiritual hero. They think that you're better than them. And really the fact of the matter is this, I'm no better than anybody else. I'm just one beggar telling another beggar where to find the bread. And the bread is the bread of life. It's Jesus Christ, the one that died on the cross for my sin. And so the purpose of the liberty that I have to share the gospel of Jesus Christ is that I might grow in godliness. This afternoon after we were done, we went over to the La Hacienda uh, restaurant. And I tell you what, we can just have church and have service right over there. So many of you go uh, every week. What a real blessing that is. I mean, really. Um, and so I had to go wash my, the fellowship off my hands. I had fellowship on my hands today after church. I had to go wash the fellowship off in the restroom. And so I went in there and I cut the water on and there was uh, a worker in there. And I said, how are you doing today? He said, oh, I'm doing fine. Thank you. How are you doing? I said, man, I just got out of church. We had a great, great time all the time. I'm washing my hands. He's washing his hands. I said, man, we had a great time in church. Did you go to church today? He said, I had had to work today. I said, do you go to church somewhere? He says, yeah. 
we go to church somewhere. I said, well, I, I take it your family's Catholic. And he stopped right there. He cut the water off. He said, no, we're born-again Christians. I said, well, praise God. That's a good word, dear brother. I said, I'm a Southern Baptist pastor. My name is Shane. He introduced himself to me. He says, we go to a church in Duluth. And he says, I love Jesus Christ with all our heart. Did you? We had church right there in the men's restroom at the La Hacienda restaurant. Right? I'm serious. We were just glorifying God, just praising his holy name right there in the midst of clean hands and clean hearts. It was wonderful to be there. Uh, just to glorify God. What is the... Now, watch this. Now, I could have went in there and just did my business, you know, as far as washed my hands and just come out and been done with it. I really could have. But he, here's the point I want you to get this, uh, this evening. I had freedom and liberty to share the gospel. E, watch this. Even in the restroom. Dear friend, listen to me very carefully. God does not put people in your path on accident. Amen. They are divine appointments. And the divine appointments that God puts in your path, God is one. He wants to know, man, He'll press it on your heart. Are you going to speak a good name for Him? Are you going to be the witness for Him? I get tickled at you because you get tickled at me at my gas station ministry. I don't know why God's done it. I really don't. I don't know why God allows the gas station ministry that I have uh, to be what it is. But in Athens, is there, and I was getting gas, and as I was getting gas there in Athens, uh, Georgia, minding my own business, and I'm getting gas there, and I look up, and over the corner of my eye, I see them coming. Here they come, David. Here they come. And I'm pumping gas, and I'm, I just set the thing on automatic. And I just, again, just look up and say, well, I've been expecting you. <laughs> they really, they get bum-fuzzled over with that kind of statement. They're like, as a matter of fact, start backpinning. I said, oh, no, 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 you're not going to come on. Come on over here. I've been expecting you. Come on over here. Said, well, I'm down on my luck. I, I don't have any. I said, are you in the vehicle? I said, yeah, I'm in that vehicle right there. And I don't know why it is, but it seems every time I park right beside the vehicle that needs uh, gas, I know why it's God. It's God. It's a ministry that he's given me. And I said, well, you know, I said, uh, I can't give you any money, but I tell you what, I will fill up your tank with gas if you'll make one promise to me. The whole time that thing's running, filling up your tank, I get to talk. That's all I ask. And then I said, and when that thing clicks, when it clicks and it's off, then I'm going to ask you a question. Is that a deal? Yeah, that's a deal, sir. You get over there and set the thing as, let the thing start running, the gas starts going into the vehicle, and I just start sharing the gospel. And I'm going to be honest with you. While that thing's ticking, I pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray you'd slow that thing down. I pray this is the slowest pump on this property. Share the gospel in its entirety. When that thing clicks, I said, now i got a question for you. What's hindering you from accepting the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord? With tears in their eyes, streaming down their face, to God be the glory on this one. They say, I'm born again. I know Jesus Christ, and I say, but I'm not in church like I should. I've done some bad things. I said, dear friend, when are you going to stop running from Jesus? And when are you going to run to Jesus and just had an opportunity right there watch this to be the pastor at the quick trip pastor Shane said where's your church well I pastor and preach over there at Maysville Baptist Church but I'm the quick trip pastor 
I'm the Exxon pastor. I'm that pastor you see out there at the gas station sharing the gospel. I'm going to ask you a question. If God doesn't make any mistakes, and if God puts people in your path, how many opportunities have you missed to help somebody else grow up in godliness? There's a lot of weak, immature Christians out there. A lot of weak, immature Christians. And they just need a little bit of encouragement. That gentleman this morning at the La Hacienda, he didn't get to go to church. So bless God, I brought church to him. At the quick trip, that individual wasn't in church. Bless God, we brought church. What's the Bible? Where two or more gathered together, there's the Lord in his name. I'm telling you what, God sets up divine appointments so that we might, watch this, share the gospel of Jesus Christ with others and then help those weaker brothers and sisters grow up in Jesus Christ. No liberty is worth causing the door of opportunity to the Jews, to the Greeks, or to the church of God, causing weaker brothers and sisters to stumble. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. I'm not talking about being politically correct. Bless God, I think what we need is some political incorrectness in our world today and in our nation today. But I promise you this, you just live like the Bible says, you'll be so politically incorrect. I mean, it won't even be funny. You just live like the Word of God says. You will be politically incorrect. He says there in verse 32, give no offense... Give no offense to the Jews nor to the Gentiles nor to the church of God. That is the whole of humanity. He says, love humanity. Love those weaker brothers and sisters. Help them grow up in Jesus Christ. That's the purpose, to grow in our godliness. Number three, here's the third one and the final one. I'm done. We're out of time, believe it or not. To give out the gospel. To give out the gospel. Look again at verse number 33. Paul's wrapping it up. This, this is the last thing he says about Christian liberty. Look how he ends this. He says, Even as I pleased all men in all things. Remember what Paul said? He says, I become all things to all people that I might win some. To the Jews I became a Jew. To the Greeks I become a Greek. So what he's saying here is, I didn't just come in and kick the door down and say, get sanctified or French fried. You know, he didn't say, that he wouldn't, that's not him. He lived among them. He shared the gospel. He came all things to all people. And he says there, he says, uh, not seeking my own profit. So I didn't come looking for cash. I didn't come looking uh, to make a living. He said, that of the prophet of many, he said, but I come that they may be saved. Why? Why do I talk to strangers? Do I like to? No. Heavens, no. My mom and daddy taught me not to talk to strangers. But I'm telling you, we're living in a world where people need Jesus. And if we're living in a world that needs Jesus, I'm telling you what, as a born-again child of God, when I got called into ministry, I can't explain it. I, I know it's hard for you to believe me because you only know me as your pastor. And you hear me preach, and you hear me rant and rave and spit three pews back. I mean, you, you, you get to see it. You see it all. You say, there ain't nothing. There is nothing in my pastor that communicates that he's an introvert. But I beg to differ. So well, what happened? What is the change that happened? I'll tell you what the change was. Jesus. Jesus changed me where I could no longer let my, in, in my being an introvert be the dominating personality in my life. There's a, people that are lost, dying, and on their way to hell. 
And it's my responsibility. I guess that, that really, when I, when I read the Word of God, it is a personal responsibility. I'm responsible to go share the good news. I'm responsible to take it to the whole area of the earth. That's why it's so vitally important that we have this ministry where we preach the gospel via the internet all over the world so that anyone and everyone that can tune in can hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, how many of you remember Dr. Gene Williams? Y'all remember Dr. Gene? Uh, old man Gene Williams, he come and preached. You know, he, he died a couple uh, months ago. He went home to be with the Lord. and uh, He's a dear, dear, dear friend of mine. And I loved that brother uh, so very, very much. He's the president of Luther Rice University. Uh, and I, just before I got there, uh, he turned it over to Dr. Flanagan. So Dr. Flanagan was my uh, president at Luther Rice. But anyways, to, to make a long story short... Um, our chi one of our Chinese uh, ladies, uh, uh, we know her as Sunshine. Sunshine took one of Dr. Williams's books, or one of Dr. Williams's sermons, and she translated that into Chinese and sent it over there, and they published it. It's in a little magazine, and that's being distributed all throughout China. Boy, I I'm telling you, even in Dr. Williams' death, the gospel is still being preached. And I guess in my own personal life, I, I have a sense of that personal responsibility that through the years, as I get older, and one day when I die, there's going to be YouTube videos of me preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not that I'm trying to make a name for myself. That's not what I'm saying. No, what I'm saying is I want to take the responsibility seriously. Dear friend, are you taking responsibility seriously? Paul did. Paul says right there, he says, Even as I please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but that the profit of many, that they may be saved. Mark, I want to charge you and challenge you today. I charge you and challenge you in this respect. Be like Paul. Paul says in chapter 11, verse 1, you see it there. He says, Be ye followers of me even as I so also am of Christ. Just do like Jesus does. Tell them about the redeem, redeem, redemptive power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Why is Mark going over to Martin Baptist Church? Well, we know he's going because he's called. And there's a church over there that needs a pastor. And that pastor wants to see people saved. And dear friend, it's not just the responsibility of pastors. But it's the responsibility of the church that we see people saved, discipleship, growing up in Jesus Christ. Uh, see, August the 8th, 1980, excuse me, 1991, August 8th, 1991, a commercial came out. It was a Gatorade commercial. Um, I was a, was a freshman in high school. And the commercial for Gatorade was Be Like Mike. It was a commercial about Michael Jordan. How many of you remember that commercial? Do you remember that? Be Like Mike? I want to be like Mike. Well, that commercial wanted you to be like Michael Jordan because Michael Jordan drank Gatorade. But I want you to know that that catchy little song and that catchy little tune that may be even be ringing in your uh, head right now. As a matter of fact, some of you won't be able to go to bed tonight till you go online and you YouTube that crazy. And it's on there. I had to. I got stuck in my head and I had to watch it to get it out. So you have to go online. You have to watch that Be Like Mike video. But the bottom line is simply this. He, they weren't the first ones to coin that. No, no. Look. 
Paul said it first in chapter 11, verse 1. He says, I want you to be like me because I'm like Jesus. Be like Jesus. When people see you, do they see Jesus in you? Now, here it is to wrap this whole thing up. Remember, he's talking about Christian liberty. He's talking about weaker brothers. And he's answering the question, can a born-again child of God eat meat that was sacrificed to idols? He says, really, it depends. It depends on the situation, and it depends on your spiritual maturity. But the bottom line is simply this. Remember, we have a, we've got two, a two-fold pattern here to help that younger brother and sister be raised up in Jesus Christ and mature and to win a lost person to, to Christ. So when it comes to your Christian liberty, Paul just simply says this. Do people see Jesus in you? Look at it again. Look at what he says. Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. When people look at you, do they see Jesus? When they look at you, do they see the Lord? I, don't, I do not say this boastfully, and I don't know why this happens, but Mark, I'm sure it's happened to you, David. I'm sure it's happened to you. and uh, Brother Weeks, I'm sure it's happened to you too. You go to the hospital, you go to the elevator, you hit the button, ding, the door opens, you step inside, and I'm minding my own business. I hit the little button there, and there's two or three people on the elevator, and I just, I'm just standing there, and we're going up, and I don't know, this person over there, and they're just staring a hole in you. I mean, they're just, they're just staring at you and looking at you, and so you look over there, and you shake your head, hey, how you doing? And this is what they say. Are you a preacher? <laughs> it happens, doesn't it? It's the craziest thing. And so I turned and I said, it was the hair, right? <laughs> it's not out of place, is it? And we have a good laugh. They say, no, it's, it, it's not that. That, that. There's something about you. What is that something that's about you? It's not just about preachers. It's about a believer. It's about loving people. It's about sharing the gospel. It's about living your life in such a way when they see you, they see Jesus. Do people see Jesus in you? That's the question when it comes to your Christian liberty. Paul says, all things are lawful to me. All things are permissible, but all things are not beneficial. I do not want to be brought under its power, Paul said in chapter 6. But number two, I also want to be somebody that edifies, that lifts people up. I don't want to tear people down. I want to build up young Christians, but I don't want to be brought under the power of some other force other than the Holy Spirit that's inside of me. Do, do people see Jesus in you? That was Paul's desire. That ought to be our desire. Let's bow for prayer. As we go to the Lord in prayer this evening, maybe you're here, and maybe you're thinking about that question. In fact, I challenge you to think about it tonight. Do others see Jesus in you. Do they see Jesus in you? You might be here tonight and say, Pastor, I desperately want people to see Jesus in me. Could I challenge you tonight as your pastor to do something? I want to challenge you tonight. One more time. This time voluntary, not, not pastor saying come to the altar but this time voluntary on your own. Would you come into this altar tonight? Would you get down on your knees if you're able to? 
Would you just ask the Lord, Lord, I want people to see Jesus in me. Help me not to abuse my liberty, but help me to use my liberty for the kingdom of God's sake. Would you do that tonight? That's my challenge to you, church. And then maybe you're here and maybe you've never received Christ as Savior. Here's what I want to do this evening. I'm going to have Brother Jeff Holloway is going to come and he's going to stand down front. David Sharpton's going to come. He's going to stand down front. And if you do not know Jesus as Savior, here's what I'm going to ask you to do tonight. These two men would love to share how you can know Christ as Savior and get forgiveness of your sins. Father, this is the message you've laid on my heart tonight. We're at the crossroads of decision. Will we accept the challenge? In the name of Jesus, I pray you'd have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.